Okay. Um, Angel, you and I had a super stellar conversation with the chief marketing officer of Sherco two days ago, three days ago. Yes. Um, two days ago. Yeah. So you and I are doing this podcast after we had this conversation with Brian, but we're going to release the interview with Brian, the chief marketing officer of Sherco after this episode because there was some really fancy word talk that happened in that podcast and i've been meaning to make a a podcast about the secret language of sponsors and sponsorship for a while now and this seemed like a really good time to do that yeah Um, so first of all angel what did you think about that conversation with brian I thought it was absolutely amazing because being Miss I Don't Know Anything, um, it was really cool because everything he was saying, I was like, we just talked about this on this episode. And, oh, my God, that makes that makes sense so much. Oh, my goodness. So it was really kind of cool. And one of the things that I was thinking was that um, – so you had this conversation with me about um, your audience avatar, right, and how it's supposed to be, like – this person at one point you said uh somebody you want to hang out with you know and and you had other other criteria for it too but that was one of the things and um basically even though these people aren't that exact person we'll say sally you know it's not sally but there's a lot of the same traits and it will bring those same people it was really cool because uh i got along with brian like i've known him and I just met him in that podcast. I like I actually legitimately don't think I said hi when he came onto the onto it. I'm pretty sure the first thing I did was ask him about the ultra marathon that he just ran. I didn't even say hi. And so like that was the icebreaker. But it was really cool because he's definitely somebody, you know, you you bring people around that that I would hang out with, that I like to spend time around with because that's just how you work. But I, I thought it was really cool to bring a, around that whole point about audience avatars and things like that. It just, it made it make sense to me. Yeah. And um, well, conveniently enough, it's because you're my audience avatar, Angel. You you yeah. are the person that I make all of my content for. Um, you always have been <laughs> and you probably always will be. And therefore, <laughs> ideally, the people who are listening to this, for the most part, love us if you've made it this far and you don't actually like us something's wrong <laughs> i don't know why you're still here um but along those lines you know i would much rather work with like based off of the conversations i've had with brian you know by by having an audience avatar and attracting those types of people i automatically also attract sponsors that are like that too Like, Brian and I have had tons and tons of conversations, and I know that his network is going to be like him because he values personal branding just as much as I do. I just know that Brian attracts more people like Brian. So if I talk to Brian and Brian and I get along well, even if Brian doesn't want to sponsor me, which we've had a couple of conversations, but none of them have, it's just, you know, I'm not in a place to be able to work with Sherco how they want to work with me and Sherco's not in a place to work with us in the way that we want to work with them but it doesn't mm-hmm. there's no reason not to maintain that um yeah and 
I love them. They're freaking awesome. And I dream and aspire of being able to work with them at some point. Um, and I really hope they feel the same. Maybe he was listening to this. I don't know. <laughs> but the real benefit that comes out of it is our network. You know, I know a lot of people mm -hmm. that they need and they know a lot of people that I need. And we both know that the people we interact with are like us because yes. we hold this like this persona, this person that we interact with and we only interact with those types of people. We don't entertain those other, the other nonsense. You know, if, if you are not in the space of like having, we just got off a call with Crystal and she couldn't have said it better. If you don't have a purpose, then frankly, mm -hmm. like we can't hang out. We just can't. If you don't yeah. want to do something more, sponsorship isn't for you. Um, business yeah. isn't for you. Like, and I don't have time for that. I'm sorry, but it's true. <laughs> like if you if you want to make change somewhere, whether it's growing the motorsports, adding more resources, like you are taking on uh, a problem that is not your own and you're making it your own responsibility. You're a person I want to hang out with. You're a person I want to be around. Yeah. And that that translates to those people also have the same values. So it's just so important to be so clear on that stuff of like, who you talk to, who you talk to, how you talk to them is who you attract. And if you feel like you're in a black mm -hmm. hole, I would recommend starting to look at who you want to be talking to versus who you currently are talking to. Cause that was a realization that took me quite a while to figure out. And that, that was, I was a product of my own environment, you know, like I put myself in an environment yeah. and it became, became its own problem. So I think I think that's huge. And, you know, it's something that we just touched on, like you said, we just had this conversation with Crystal um, and I'd like to touch on it again, is that that was kind of my man, my uh, the motto for 2023 was that I just wanted to like I kept saying I want to elevate myself. I want to make myself better. I wanted to focus on, you know, I was like down at rock bottom. bottom I don't know where my words are going. <laughs> um, but I was down at rock bottom and like, I, I, I was like, the only way I can go is up. But like, at this point, I need to make a concerted effort because I was just like, I don't know what the heck is going on with my life. And so I really did. Like, I really had to, to stick to a purpose and, and push for it. And I think that, you know, we took that trip less than a year ago that's still, crazy less than a year ago and that trip really gave me a lot of purpose it gave me a lot of insight on what I wanted for my life and you know of course you've been incredibly inspirational in all of this because I get to watch you on your journey and do the things that you do and you know I tried to do a business for myself years ago it did not work out well granted that could have also been because of the way that I was trying to do it in network marketing. Um, but, you know, I, I just didn't, I didn't ever see that as something that I could potentially be a part of, you know, that whole world. I have a marketing degree and I still didn't feel that way, you know, like I'm business and the healthcare side. Um, but it, it was so inspiring to be around you, to see that purpose, to see, you know, how you are with your business and, and watch it all grow. And it's just been so 
amazing and you've made me want to be you know I'm elevating and elevating and that's what I'm trying to do but you make me want to be a better person and I think it's awesome oh and okay so this is a good clarification because this is totally valid is that if you're listening and I just said if you don't have a purpose and you don't want to like make change like I don't have time for you that's that was extreme and it's true to an extent <laughs> um you like I just heard Russell Brunson talk about this where Sometimes we get this feeling like we get this this like urge to do something more, but we don't know what that is yet. That is mm -hmm. the calling of purpose. So like if you're at that point, you are in fact in the right place um, and we can kind of help guide you and ask you the right questions to figure out what that purpose is, whether it's through the podcast, whether it's through the book that I'm writing or the courses that I have or even the coaching programs, regardless, all of them help kind of guide a thought process to hopefully help you find your purpose. Um, mm -hmm. But there really, there genuinely has to be like a want to do more. It can't just be about you all the time, unfortunately. Uh, that would be cool if it was, but nobody cares about you. They care about them. Just like you only care about you. So, <laughs> and I only care about me, you know, like, but there's, there's more to it than that. You know, everybody gets, gets yeah. scared of, this is supposed to be a secret language podcast. Now it's becoming a philosophical podcast. Um, <laughs> but like, everybody has a selfish reason for why they do good, you know, mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's really important. And that's actually where purpose comes from. So originally for me, um, I just wanted to be really good and I did want to win. It's true, but I wanted to win because I wanted recognition for the work that I put in. Um, and then it became like, I started traveling for coaching and I started wanting the, like the, the Instagram glory of, of traveling, but I wanted that because I wanted that recognition, you know? And then it became, well, I really want to help people because all of a sudden I was starting to get that recognition when I was helping people. And that's my like selfish, like it help, it makes me feel fulfilled to be recognized by people for the work that I put in. That's why I do what I do and I want to give back. It's because I want to be recognized. Ta-da! It's my evil plot. Um, <laughs> and the other thing is like with the sponsorship thing, people are always like, oh, Catherine, you're so greedy. You're asking for $7 for a course. Like, Rrr! or um, <laughs> whatever my coaching price is when, when this comes out, because it's going to go up because I've been having conversations and we're looking at a lot bigger numbers than I could have ever dreamed. Um, and when that goes up, you know, it's not like it doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect me if you buy a $7 course or 200 or $2,500 coaching program. Like none of it affects me. I'm still going to go on and live my life. It's it's about you and like the decisions you make to change yours, you know, like I can't just give you stuff because you won't take it seriously if I just give you stuff. That's why you're listening to the podcast is because you don't either you don't want to invest in yourself or you don't want to um, or you genuinely don't have the resources to be able to invest in yourself yet, in which case I'm giving you the stuff to hopefully get to the point where you can invest in yourself. Um I went on a tangent and I don't know where I was going with that, but <laughs> let me wrap it up for it, like uh, pull it back. Um, so I think that, you know, you're talking about finding purpose. And I think that's really important for the secret language of sponsorship, because defining that is 
part of talking to those sponsors. So that way you understand what it is that your, your purpose is. So, and then, um, yeah. Where I was going with that was that I teach people how to get paid to do what they love because I want more people to ride with during the week. Uh, That's my other selfish reason is I literally just want more people to ride with because I don't like riding by myself. That sucks. Um, (laughs) That's my big evil plan, guys. Get paid so you can come ride with me more because that would be cool. Um, But she's trying to convince me to do. I have already convinced you to do it. It's already happening. So um, true, true, true. But a lot of people freak out about purpose, you know, it's, it's this whole like big, scary, looming question in the background and it doesn't have to be something monumental. It doesn't have to be something written on your gravestone, but you actually have to get vulnerable too about it. Right? Like it feels kind of weird and awkward to say like, I do all of the good things I do because I want recognition. Like that's, that's me exposing a vulnerability and I can tell the story in a beautiful way, but that'll be in a later podcast talking about storytelling and like all that jazz. But like, it's a very real thing that people connect with. They're like, Oh, I totally get that. Like recognition. It sucks when you do something really cool and somebody else takes credit for it or nobody even notices the effort you put into something like that all sucks. Mm -hmm. I do it because I like recognition. That's just me. Um, yeah, I mean, it I'm could be as simple as, like, with. yeah, <laughs> um, like, we have the the whole podcast on women in motorsports, because that whole purpose is just helping women get more comfortable and confident in riding, because the purpose is, mm-hmm. is I don't want them to feel as mad as I did when I sunk my bike and drowned it, and that whole situation mm-hmm. was terrible and awful and horrendous, and nobody mm-hmm. wants that, so that's its own, like, purpose, you know, it's just Growing women in motorsports. Um, another purpose is just growing the sports in general. Like, if I get you paid, you have more money to spend on companies. Companies have more money to spend on events. That the event money goes to bringing more people into the sport because it goes into like media and production and cooler events, mm-hmm. higher capabilities, um, all that stuff. So mm-hmm. that's purpose, I guess. The next key word to describe is value. Um, And I know we kind of talked about this on a different podcast where Albert Einstein said, don't be a person of success, start being a person of value. And it's so, so, so true. And you're going to hear it in the podcast with Brian. That's all he talks about is value to companies. And value does not mean money. Value does not mean racer resumes. Value does not mean podiums. Value does not mean raising a company's bottom line. Value is lessening someone's pain. And pain is another keyword. Okay, so value, lessening someone's pain. The pain of working with you, paying you, sponsoring you, must be less than the pain of continuing to do what they're already doing. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Do I need to rephrase that? No. But an example might be helpful for people who are still kind of not getting it fully. So can okay. we? So think about this. You have two options right now. You, mm-hmm. Angel, right now with your situation, you can go to the dealer and buy a brand new bike for $13,000 um, yeah. and get the instant gratification of getting a dirt bike right now. Um, mm-hmm. And 
And, uh, but the pain of you now have to part with either $13,000 out of pocket, or you have to now deal with two years worth of loans at Mm -hmm. however much, or there's a coaching program over here that currently is running at $500 a month. And the Mm -hmm. pain is it's $500 a month for, you don't know how long, and it's $500 right now, and it's delayed gratification. But what if that course teaches you how to get somebody else to pay the $13,000 for the dirt bike? Mm-hmm. Which one is less painful? The $500. Why is the $500 less painful? Because one is investing in yourself, um, and it's less upfront cost. And then on top of that, if you don't have to shell out $13,000 of your own cash, for example, and somebody else pays for it, they're lessening your pain. There we go. Boom. Yes. And that provides that. So I then, as the coach, would be providing you with the value of lessening the pain of having to shell out thirteen grand. Yeah. That is the value that I provide. So it would be less painful to work with me than it would be to go buy the bike. That is an example of lessening someone's pain. Um, And I'm going to use another example of that a little bit later. So then pain, pain is simply a problem or a gap. or So people make decisions based off of two things. They make decisions based off of the pursuit of pleasure and the fear of pain. So so people decide to do something because it'll make them feel good. That's the instant gratification. That's the um, Mm -hmm. status quo. Um, People will not make a decision if they feel like their friends, their family, whatever, will look down on them for that decision. So Mm -hmm. the pain, if they if that is how they believe their status in in whatever dynamic they're in, if they truly believe that their status is going to drop, whatever you give them in return has to be more than that. So pain is just is just is something that sucks. Um, it could mm-hmm. be like the marketing media person. There could only be one person in the marketing department. I'm looking at you, Angel. If you had a family and kids right now, would you be wanting mm-hmm. to do the job that you're doing for Leaky Mushroom? I mean, probably not because I would like want to be with them. So. Right. You would you would want to be with them. That's a pain point. Mm-hmm. So then yep. um, a pain point. That's an example. So then if somebody came along and said, hey, I can I can't do all of the marketing stuff for you, but I can at least handle the social media part of it so that you can be off of your phone less. And that way you get to spend more time with your kids. Does that sound good for mm-hmm. you? Sounds awesome. That would be lessening your pain. Yeah. So that's that's an example of pain. Um, another really, really, really important word is going to be program. And we're going to start saying the word program a lot for the rest of this podcast. I'm sure I've already accidentally said it a lot. <laughs> okay. um, and a program is really easy and really hard to understand. So a program, also known as a property, those are the two words. They're interchangeable, program and property. So mm-hmm. I like to use the word program over property because it's easier to understand. But a program 
is something you do in a year. It's like a year's worth of events. So for the Leaky mm-hmm. Mushroom, our program is every single coaching event we go to, every single mm-hmm. training day we go to, every single race day we go to, every single private day we go to, every, it contains our, okay, no, so so it's just the events. If we went to a bike show and set up a canopy at a bike show or like a summit mm-hmm. of some kind, that would be part of our yearly program. Mm-hmm. Um, so then a property, very, very, very similar to a program, property is like the different programs you run. Okay. So, so, okay. So as a program, as just a racer, that would include um, track days, practice days, races, um, anytime you show up to the track, but you're not on your bike, if it's a scheduled day that like an appearance that you're going to go to, that's part of your program. Mm-hmm. Um, like ride days. I used to tour guide a lot during the week. Like people would post up on Facebook and be like, Hey, we're looking for somebody to show us around this place. That's part of your program. If you volunteer to show those people around part of your program. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. So then property is how you break it up. You'll notice in my survey that I showed you, I said, how do you know Catherine? She coached me. I've ridden with her. I've raced with her, or I've seen her on social media. Those are my four different properties. Coaching is one property. Racing is another property. Just riding is another property. And social media is another property. So I break my program into different properties. Okay. And what that means is I can sponsor my program as one branch, as one umbrella, Mm -hmm. I can get program sponsors and then I can get property sponsors. So I can have different sponsors for the clinics than I could the race team. Mm -hmm. And that applies for race teams. You can have race team sponsors and then you can have individual Mm -hmm. racer sponsors as well. Okay. Cool. Yes. Does this make sense? Yes, it's a little bit harder to wrap your head around, but yes, it does make sense. Okay, then the next one, and this is where, okay, I'm going to start with audience. You have audience, and everybody Mm -hmm. always goes, well, who's my audience? I don't have an audience. My social media following is 50 people. Like, that's not your audience. Your audience is not your social media. It's part Mm -hmm. of your audience, but it is not 100% of your audience. Your audience is every single person you interact with inside of your program okay so that's like spectators walking through um the pits that's the other racers your competitors that's um like race teams that are not yours you know crew chiefs of other race teams those people are part of your audience anybody you're exposed to within your program for one year is your audience. Currently, you can change and manipulate your audience. I do with audience avatars. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you can build your own audience and make them yours specifically, which is Mm -hmm. way more helpful than kidnapping a program's audience, you know? So like when I used to race, Uh, My audience belonged to the organization and I interacted Mm -hmm. with that audience. It's true. But the second I left my racing organization, I lost my whole audience. Mm -hmm. That sucks. 
because now you went from like having huge numbers to tiny numbers. So if you can build your own independent audience, now those people will follow you through every single racing organization you move to, especially if you're racing different series or like you were on one media platform and you get shut down and you have to move to a new Mm -hmm. media platform, your audience will follow you. That's it's important to build your own audience if you don't have one already. Yes. Now, the one that ruffles feathers. Okay. Assets. Every program has assets. Assets are tangible things that you can count and measure. These include logos. It's 100% logos and exposure. So this is logos on your trailer. This is logos on your jersey, logos on your gear, logos on the truck, logos on the bike, logos on the car, fucking sponsorship soup. Sponsorship soup is when there's so many stickers on a vehicle, you can't even tell that they're stickers. It looks like a collage, like it's an intentional print. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Then you can't read one sticker from the next. That's called sponsorship soup. But assets is, is something that's that's tangible. That's like shout outs. Um, You can say, this logo got this many views. Like, Mm -hmm. it was shared in this newspaper. It was shared on this podcast. It was shared on this thing. Um, Specifically, like, audience-counted analytics. If it's attached to analytics, it's an asset. There is no money in assets. Okay. All of the money follows value. And all of the value comes from what's called activations. Mm -hmm. So an example of activations, in order to build a proper activation, and this is this is the secret. So you guys, if you're listening to the podcast and you're wondering how in the world do I get paid? I'm about to give it to you. I'm about to give you seven years right now. So if you don't have a fucking pen and pencil out right now, I will reach through this phone and slap you. (laughs) the secret to activations is step number one you use your audience to get a sponsor's attention because you share an audience in common and you say hey our our audience is aligned i have a couple of unique ideas but i would love to talk to you you know say this more eloquently i have all of this in my course but say more eloquently like i would love to discuss if this is even something that's on your radar and they'll be like, yeah, sure. Totally. And the second you get in a meeting, you, you say, listen, this is kind of what I do, but this meeting isn't about me. It's about you. So let's talk about you. What is, what do you do right now in your marketing strategy and what could you do better? What's moving the needle for you? Like what, what is the problem you are having in your business right now? And what you're doing is you're identifying the pain that they have and you're discovering if you have the ability to add value to their problem. Okay. Okay. And then once you discover what their pain is, you take that home with you and you do some homework and you do some really creative thinking and you think to yourself, how can I take their problem and like what I do with my audience, how I speak with them, how I share with them, how I interact with them, what could I do to get them to do the thing that this business needs to lessen their pain that would still add value 
And if you don't know anything about this, you're sitting there going, what the fuck did you just say? Um, so (laughs) am I right? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So the easiest example I can use is I used to be sponsored by a dealership. Now I'm sponsored by many, but I used to be sponsored by a singular dealership and they held the only, they held one out of three certified Ducati technicians in the entire United States, but they didn't have a single person that was qualified in dirt bikes. They used to, and that person moved um, out of the company. So they didn't have a single person qualified to work on dirt bikes. So they needed a super fast way to train a mechanic. Mm -hmm. Would I have known that if I told them all about my assets, if I had told them all about the exposure I could get, and I was like, this is the perfect, great deal for you. Look at this. I can get you all of these numbers. They're like, no, we don't care about that. And I'd be like, okay, what do you care about? And they go, well, we have this problem right now. We can't get any mm-hmm. dirt bikes in for service. And that's where they get their money is like constant overturn of service. Um mm-hmm. We can't get any money from the dirt bike segment. Like we're missing out because none of our mechanics are trained. And I said, well, lucky for you, this girl over here really needs a mechanic. She really needs somebody to come with her to work on her shit because she breaks it all the time. And her bike has broken down three times across the country and she can't take it anymore. So if she's going to travel out of state, Mm -hmm. she needs a mechanic come with her because she can't keep tearing down top ends and not seeing any like she's done everything she possibly could and they go okay sure so then I got a race team mechanic who was certified in street bikes and all this jazz and I brought him with me and his whole salary was paid for and all this jazz nothing weird or sexual involved like don't don't be weird like oh she got a male mechanic no um and his salary was taken for i've seen this movie before no that was not even on my radar but oh my god okay so i got a mechanic and his salary was paid for came to the races and he learned how to work on dirt bikes by working with our team so they got basically free training and i got a free mechanic They didn't have to pay for his schooling. They just had to pay his, like, current wage, which they were going to have to pay anyway. That is a perfect example of figuring out what their problem is, asking them, hey, this isn't about me. This is about you. What's your problem right now? And they go, well, we can't service dirt bikes right now because we don't have anybody. And I said, okay, I'm racing right now. I need a mechanic because my bike has broken down a shit ton. How about I train your mechanic, you pay for him? And they said, deal, sold. You know, um, that is one example of what's called an activation. Okay. Another example of an activation, you guys are going to hear about it from Brian, but the really basic version of this is he was working, um, he was the sponsorship manager for the Dynamo Comets, Comets or Rockets. He was, it was, the, I we think it said, was the Rockets, wasn't it? We said both. Oh no, I'm going to screw this up. Um, I think Rockets was the males and the Comets was the females, if I remember correctly. Okay. Um, We're just going to roll with it. I'm so sorry, Brian. Um, So he was working with the Dynamo something. Um, Oh, sorry, Hank. And he was 
walking around trying to get sponsors and one of the one of the companies he was talking to was an electric company um which a lot of people are like Mm -hmm. electric why would i want an electric company if i'm in motorsports stop talking to motorsport companies first of all step one step one if you want to get paid money in motorsports stop talking to companies in motorsports that'll be its own episode Mm -hmm. step two um find companies that aren't in motorsports and bring them in because that's where the money is that's how we grow yeah so he was talking to an electric company and just the same way as I said it, he, he started off with this conversation is not about me. Like I'm a sports team. You get it. I'm going to ask you for money, but I'm not going to ask you for money unless we figure out a way to solve this problem. And originally he said that he was working on a $25,000 contract with them and he got it moved yeah. to a multi-million dollar year by solving their problem. And he didn't even solve it. It was a guess. That's the best part about activations, you guys. They don't have to work. <laughs> yeah. They just have to be creative problem solving. That's all it is. So he asked them, what is your problem right now? You know, and they were talking about marketing and all of their different strategies. And and something wasn't adding up for Brian. You know, they were, they were saying like, oh, our revenue is really low because our customer acquisition cost, the amount it takes to get a new person to sign up, that's what customer acquisition means. The amount it takes to get a new person to sign up onto our program is about $50 per person. And we charge like $45 a month. So they were losing money um, Mm -hmm. by acquiring customers. It was way too high for them. So Brian took that information home and he sat there and he thought with it and he thunk and he thunk and he thunk and he said, you know what? People love team jerseys, love them, go crazy for them. Um, Mm -hmm. So what I'm going to do is we'll put their logo on our jersey, sure. But what if, because a jersey costs $35 to make. If I give away a free jersey, they will only get the free jersey if they sign up for the electrical service. Mm-hmm. So he lowered the acquisition cost, the amount it takes to sign up a customer from $50 to $35 by doing what's called a Mythki, the most incredible free gift ever. And Angel was there for it. And I lost my shit yeah. when he said that. He just <laughs> lost it because it's like a marketer's dream. I don't know if you guys know yeah. this or not. I've spent stupid amounts of money learning marketing just stupid. So I originally (laughs) was a packaging engineer and I loved print and I loved branding and I was just obsessed with branding, but I didn't get marketing. Um, so brand, okay. Yeah. Three more (laughs) words we need to talk about. Um, remind, remind me angel, three more words we need to talk about is advertising, marketing, and branding. Um, but I've spent stupid, stupid, stupid amounts of money learning the ins and outs of marketing. Um, And that came from the clinic business. When I started the clinic business, I had no idea what I was doing. So I hired a business coach. Then I started learning about marketing. I was like, what is this magic stuff? Like, you know, and I like dove down the rabbit hole. I think I'm at least $20,000 deep in coaching, at least at a minimum, Um, probably closer to 30. But (laughs) sorry, mom. (laughs) Um. And I have a four-year degree and student loans, and not a single one of them actually benefited me until I started paying for marketing coaching. Um, And the more I took marketing coaching, and I just started taking them for fun. Like, there's, like, different mechanics that happen inside of marketing where I'm like, oh, my gosh, look at this thing. And one of the things they talked about 
was um, doing a Mifki, most incredible free gift ever, to sign into a continuity program, which just means mm-hmm. it's a monthly recurring charge, like a subscription, but not a subscription because subscriptions are icky. Um, that's like <laughs> when I say subscription, I think of hidden fees, like that stupid. There's a thing going around with the shoe companies where they're like, get your first pair of shoes for free. And and then and then they charge you like two hundred dollars a month to like use as credit for only their business, you know? Um, Oh, that was a thing that hit the market for a while. And while that is continuity, that's icky. We don't like that. That's not what we're doing. We're making it very obvious that there's continuity program and like being very clear with what's actually happening when people get the free gift. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But I just geeked out so hard when he said that he did a MIFGI to continuity program. And I was like, mm-hmm. I've been learning about that. That's so incredible and amazing. Um, and and Brian was like, well, yeah, because sponsorship is marketing. Marketing is sponsorship. And it couldn't be more mm-hmm. true. The more classes I took in marketing, the better I got at signing sponsors because I started understanding the language. There's so much that goes into it, like mm-hmm. customer acquisition costs and uh, continuity and MIFKIs and like um, they're called freemiums. And there's just so many of these like fancy things. I don't expect anybody to know what that is. Um, yeah. You're just supposed to hear these words and be like, what the fuck is that? But I've spent so much money learning this stuff and it plays directly into sponsorship. And that's all of that is inside all of those coaching programs, the courses and, and everything, because it's essential that you understand how business works if you want to get mm-hmm. a business to pay you. So that's kind of why, like, if you want to learn how to get sponsors, you have to be ambitious. Like, you have to have something mm-hmm. more because it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be fun for a while. We heard Zach. Zach had kind of a Zach had a downswing and Zach is one of my most successful students ever. And he like, he yeah. hit a wall a couple weeks ago. Um, and it's not always pretty, but you have to think to yourself, like, is the change that you're bringing about to the industry worth it? Like, that's such a, such a really important question is like for <laughs> Zach, I think he knows it's worth it. You know, he's helping veterans with uh, mental disabilities and mental illnesses and and he's just doing such incredible work for veterans like of course it's worth it (laughs) he has a whole community backing him and he's got like 600 followers on social media but everybody knows who zach is like it's it's undisputed um and that really comes down to like here's here it here's an example of lessening pain are you going to go out and take the seven years of time to learn what marketing is and pay 20 to 30, mm-hmm. even $40,000 in coaching to learn what marketing is and how to apply it to sponsorship? Or are you going to sign up for whatever my current coaching price is or my current course price is or the free book that I'm writing and I'm going to give it away for free <laughs> <laughs> because I want people to learn this stuff. Like, Here's an example of lessening pain and adding value. I have all of this experience in marketing and all of this money that that I've spent and invested, and I'm willing to give all of it away because I want to make change and I want to do great things for the community. And it's like, yeah, the obvious choice is you should. But if you don't like me or whatever, that's fine, too. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But you're Um, wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. 
So, Angel, do you have any, like, before I move on to the difference between advertising, marketing, and branding, do you have any, like, thingy-mabobbers based off of what I said? Thingy-mabobbers? No, I do not have any thingy-mabobbers. <laughs> Brain isn't braining right now. <laughs> We're having issues. I blame mine on the cold because even in my apartment right now, my toes are frozen and my heat is cranked. I'm sitting against the heater right now, trying not to burn myself, but still trying to stay warm. Um, no, I, I think that everything that you're saying makes sense. It's a lot to comprehend. So I'm a little quieter than I have been in the past, but that's because I'm trying to like think about everything that you're saying. And like, I'm trying to be a sponge of knowledge right now. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is like the, um, the dictionary of sponsorship. Um, speaking of which, we I asked this question with Brian, and him and I kind of pseudo-agree, but don't agree at the same time on this one. So do with this information what you will. I have a saying that says, don't say sponsorship. Um, because uh, I know, I know for a fact that everybody that does what I do, where we're trying to teach athletes how to get sponsorship – really struggle, struggle really, really, really hard to find the right people that want to invest in themselves and want to learn how to get paid. And we have to really specify get paid because sponsorship mm -hmm. has this connotation now. It's developed this its own meaning that it didn't mm -hmm. used to mean. You know, sponsorship used to mean checks. Sponsorship used to mean payment. Sponsorship used to mean exposure and brand awareness. And, and it has a very, very specific connotation. And now people take it at face value. You know, they look at sponsorship from the 2000s and they're trying to do it now in 2024. Um, and it's not working. And they're like, well, why isn't it working? Because it's not sponsorship anymore. Brian, mm -hmm. Brian uses the phrase sponsorship died with the rise of the influencer. And I love that phrase so much. And I really hope he uses that in the forward to the book. So the chief marketing officer of Sherco <laughs> is going to do the forward to my book. And I'm so excited about it. Um, but I love that phrase so, so, so much. And he said, like, the definition of that is because people stopped getting paid the second influencers were excited to take a piece of product for free in exchange for putting in front of millions. Mm -hmm. And that's why, that yeah, that's why sponsorship is dead. That's why there is no money in exposure anymore. There is no money in social media. There is no mm -hmm. money in logo placement or product reviews. There is none. You have to get creative and start using mm -hmm. activations. You have to get creative and start using value. You cannot mm -hmm. use sponsorship anymore. You just can't. Mm -hmm. um, Brian likes to use the word partnership because it, it involves uh, going both directions. Both parties are involved because I'm not going to take on a mechanic who doesn't know how to work on shit if I truly feel like he's going to get in the way. Um, just yeah. like a company is not going to work with me if they don't feel like I can help them solve their problems. Like it yeah. goes both ways versus sponsorship. And I know everyone who's listening to this, who is trying to figure out how to get sponsorship has been through this process. Cause I did it too, where you write to a company that you really want to get sponsored and you say, look at all my stats, look at all my exposure, look at all of the things I can do for your brand by putting your logo on stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Like, that's just assets. That's not activation. You're just being an influencer. That's why you're getting free product. That's why you're getting discounts. That is why you can't get paid. <laughs> you are a commodity. You are being price shopped. You need to be unique. And that comes down to your story. That comes down to your brand. That comes down to your audience and how you mm-hmm. problem solve. And the cool thing with activations and problem solving all of the stuff yourself is you get to write your own contracts. Um, yeah. Angel, you're in a group chat with Zach right now. Zach's ta- talking to Rabaconda. And he's been sending us like all of the things that Rabaconda has been saying to him and, and all of the ways that he's been solving the problems. And Rabaconda came back and they basically said, listen, we'll give you a thing if you do all of this stuff for us. And what do you think Zach's going to say to it? It was, it was something. Okay. So listeners, you're not involved in this. So Zach's talking to Rabaconda. He's trying to get paid. And, and Rabaconda was like, so Zach is, um, He's sponsored by a lot of companies in the motorsports industry. It's ridiculous. Um, the most I've ever seen out of a student. The most, like, in the industry sponsorships ever. He's over $10,000 in product. It's insane. Um, but Zach's low point is because he's not getting paid. And he said to himself, you know, I really think I need to be reaching outside of the industry. And I said, no, really? Wow. It's almost like <laughs> your coach has been telling you that for forever. <laughs> So in the process, he's negotiating with Rabakana and he's trying to get them to pay him. And so the pain that they're currently having is it's a one-man operation in the U.S. and he's traveling the entire East Coast, the entire Midwest, and he can't reach the West, the West Coast. Um, but he has a family back home. So Zach's whole pitch was, listen, I'll handle the East Coast if you handle the travel costs. And if you pay me a little bit, just a little bit, doesn't have to be a whole big chunk, you know, like 20 grand for the whole year. And people are like, oh, my God, 20 grand for the whole year. It's like, let's do the math. It's like 1200 a month or something like that. It's it's nothing. Yeah. It's literally nothing. It's less than minimum wage. Like, yeah. Um, and a heck of a lot less than flying from the Midwest to the East Coast all the time. Yeah. Well, not even flying. He drives. He lives out of a van and he's. He doesn't like that he oh. lives out of a van. Yeah. Um, so okay. so Zach put together this whole thing of like, look, here's all of the expenses you're paying right now. Here's what you would end up paying me. It was like he's saving like 40 grand or something like that by paying Zach 20 grand um, and giving him some free mm-hmm. stuff to, to do some giveaways and do his thing. And Zach's value was he would get his travel paid to be able to promote his brand next to Rabaconda and get Rabaconda's traffic to his brand. And Rabaconda came back and said, we will pay you nothing and you will do all of that. (laughs) Um, And here's the cool thing, because Zach approached Rabaconda, Zach has all of the power in the conversation and Rabaconda has none. Mm -hmm. So Zach has the ability to just be like, no, no. And then the power, there's a lot of power in saying no, too, because Rabaconda, I guarantee you this is exactly what's going to happen. Rabaconda, after he says no, because this has happened to Zach three times now, he said no to a contract um, that was pushed back where there's no money in it at all. And then two months mm-hmm. after he said no, they come back and they say, just kidding. <laughs> we want to pay you now. And Zach says no. <laughs> 
no, <laughs> I don't want that money. And then they try and double it to get him to do it. Um, so that's the power in being the person who approaches the company. Do not, do not wait for a company to approach you because that means they have the contract. They have the power. You're excited because Rabaconda reached out to you and they want to give you a tire changer. Oh my gosh. So you will happily take whatever they give you because you're so desperate to say that you're yes. sponsored that you will take anything. Versus mm -hmm. if you are willing to pass to pass on multiple things that do not suit you, uh that just leads you to the next bigger and better opportunity. And my saying always yes. goes, if you're willing to take a 15% discount from one company, why would another be willing to pay you five grand? If they know you'll do the same amount of work for a 15% discount and still pay them. Yeah. For their product. You shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that's my mic drop. For that i guess i still have three things to talk about but that's i'm just gonna yeah. let that sit for a second <laughs> um okay rant over that rant that rant that rant specifically um what do you think on that angel you've been involved in that conversation you've kind of seen how that unfolded yeah i it was kind of cool on my end because again uh for those just joining should not be just joining this episode um there's episodes you need to catch up on um but i don't have experience in this stuff so it was really cool to be on that call and to just kind of be like i think i was or maybe, maybe it was courtney that said um you have the power like you have the power right now like you're the one like you could totally take that pain from him you know to be able to do this and save the money and all of these positive, 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 positive for that company. And when he said that they came back with that offer, I was like, huh? I was like, no way, no way. I was just completely floored by it. And I was just like, uh, I would say no. So like in a heartbeat, I would have just been like immediately, nothing. Yep. Period. Well, and so, uh, <laughs> it's really true. Um, oh, sugar, I lost my train of thought. Oh, um, so with that deal, right, you've seen how well Zach solved the problem he specifically said he had. Um, there's yeah. a, there's a, a class inside of that $7 course that I'll just tag down below. I'm getting real good at this. There's a, the link to the $7 course. One of the lessons in there is called the seven deadly objections. I know I just point at random things on my screen. I don't actually know where it's going, but it's going to go somewhere. <laughs> um, there's a class in there called the seven deadly objections. One of them is pain. You have to answer all seven. So objections, here's, here's another term for the sponsorship library. An objection is just an unanswered question. And objections are those stupid, like, reasons they tell you that you can't, that they won't sponsor you that you know aren't true. When they say, like, oh, we don't really sponsor people, but you've seen them sponsor three other racers. Or, uh, we don't really have the budget for this. And it's like they're hemorrhaging money over here with a stupid idea. And you're like, no, look at all the money I could save you right now. 
Um, we don't really have the time for that right now. That's another objection. So there's there's a whole lesson on that. We'll probably talk about it. Um, I guess this is probably a good time to also say these hour-long podcast episodes are going to stop. I don't know when, um, but they're going to move to a daily, like, five-minute podcast. And these hour-long podcasts that I hope you guys find really helpful, you're still going to get a ton of value from the five-minute podcast, but the the hour-long podcasts are going into a members-only podcast. In that very first episode, I said, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. It's probably going to be like $12 a month or something like that. I'm building a members site for sponsorship so that you don't have to do the courses or the coaching if you don't want to, but there's all sorts of stuff in there. That'll be a different conversation. Um, so value these hour-long podcasts while you can because we love you guys, and I want to give you all the information possible. Um, what was I talking about, Angel? <laughs> Podcast now. Um, you were talking about, I don't know, you, you caught me off guard with that one. So I was like. I'm going to have to pause the recording and watch it back. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know, but you were working off towards advertising, marketing, and branding. I know that. It was leading no. that direction. All right, I'm going to end the recording and I'm going to restart it. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) The seven deadly objections. Okay, I remember what we were talking about, and I didn't even have to rewatch the recording. How awesome is that? Um, Okay, so we were talking about the seven deadly objections and how they were unanswered questions. Pain is one of them. So, So making sure that they actually have a problem, because if they don't have a problem, you can't solve anything for them, and there's no reason for you to be there in the first place. Um. And money's another one of them. Time's another one of them. There's a couple more. It's all in that lesson. But the big thing to remember for for this is is if you answer all seven of those objections, which means they're questions, if you can answer all seven questions before you give them the proposal, because you never give them a price, never, ever, ever give them a price. You ask them what their budget is, and then you work you build your proposal based off of how much they're willing to pay you. Um, that gives you the power to write your own contracts. That gives you the power to decide how you want to operate. That gives you the power of saying how much or how little work you want to do. And you have 100% of the power to say, look, this is who I am. This is how I operate. This is what I can do. Um, let me know if this works. And that is so much different than if you were to walk into a dealership in a suit and tie and be like, can, can I get like $200 to, to have a truck that I can drive around? You know, like when you're pretending to be somebody you're not so that you can get a sponsorship, all that hesitation that happens. And when sponsors reach out to you, you know, there's a certain like code that has to be followed, um, a certain... Yeah. Like, you have to match the company, not the company has to align with you. They're two very different things. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's, that's, that's that. Um, if you, okay, if you answer all seven of the deadly objections before you give them your price and they still say no, like what Zach did, right? Solve their problem, made sure that it was like in their budget and they came back and gave them a whole bunch of stupid, dumb stuff. If they truly say no, it is not your fault that you didn't get the contract. They 
were lying at some point during the conversation, whether they're lying to themselves, they were lying about what they told you, or maybe they just really hate money. Like that's also possibly an option. <laughs> they really hate money. That's I'm just going to think that from now on every time I get a no. It's true. I mean, I, I say it all the time is like, if I show you the way, right? If I, if I show you the way for sponsorships and I answer all seven of your questions like for sponsorship and I, and you are convinced that you can only make money through activations. Um, and I am the only person in the market who teaches activations. That means I am your only like course of action for getting sponsored and paid, then you have to give me money. Mm-hmm. And if at some point in time I screwed up that chain of thought, like you you truly don't think you're going to make money in activations and you truly don't believe like I'm the one that could show you how to make money through activations, then you're not going to give me money. Yeah. <laughs> um, unless you do believe that I can help you make money and you can make it through activations, then you have to give me money. Otherwise you're lying to yourself, <laughs> you know, okay. and, and you yeah. really hate money. Like that's, that's how that works. All right. That makes sense. Cool. So yeah, that's uh that's that. So that's that whole, like, if you say no, after they give you a stupid contract, they're going to come back. If they, if they give you, like, something outrageous, just say no. It's not worth your time. It's not worth your energy. You should never trade your time for money. Um, and, yeah, don't, don't let them push you around. That's fucked up. <laughs> okay. That's in all points of life, though. It's true. Um, the last three key words, advertising, marketing, and branding. So, mm-hmm. advertising is think of them like promotions flash buzzwords um flash sale bogo 25 percent off 50 percent off it's like some form of of it's short form really short just like in your face and then once the campaign is done you never see it again i always use yeah. the example of like movie trailers like when they when they release a new marvel movie or oh, yeah or something else, you you see a little bit, like you see one every once in a while, and then four weeks before you see like one every day, and then two weeks before you basically see the ad three times a day, and there's like three different movie trailers, and it's all like, show up to the movie, it's amazing, and then once they release the movie, you never see a single ad again. Mm-hmm. That's advertising, okay? You don't want to be... In advertising, you know what's in advertising? Assets. They use assets in advertising. That's logo placement, shout outs, like interviews, all that stuff. Because that makes you a short-term plan. That means it's a one to three-month contract. You don't want that. Who wants a one to three-month contract? You'll maybe get $200, $300. Lame. Yeah. (laughs) Marketing. Marketing is what distinguishes one person from the next on the shelf. Like if you're going into the grocery store, you know your favorite cereal box. You don't even have to read the words on the box. 
You could be looking at your phone when you go through the aisle, and in your peripheral vision, you know which box is the box you want. You grab it, you throw it in your cart, you get home, you realize it was the wrong box. Like, because you never even looked at it because the colors were the exact same and the text was the exact same in the same spot, but it was like different brands. Mm -hmm. That's marketing, right? Is the colors they choose, the fonts they choose, the, the pictures they choose. All of that is marketing. So that's, that's a feel of a brand is in marketing. Like the aesthetic. Yes, the aesthetic. I like that. And then branding, branding is where the money is. So branding is based off of value, not money, okay. value. Okay. Branding is the difference between Walmart and Louis Vuitton. This is my favorite example in the world. I'm very interested in this. Okay. So I. this is my perfect example for sponsorships. You never want to be a Walmart model. People see racers that are a wa that follow the Walmart model and they're like, yeah, that's how sponsorship works because they've never seen a Louis Vuitton um a, a Louis Vuitton model sponsorship. I'm a Louis Vuitton model sponsorship. So, um Walmart, if you guys don't know how what a Walmart is, you should. It's a place where crazy people go. <laughs> um, and they go there because the prices are so stupid low. It's ridiculous. Like Walmart cuts costs across the board. You can't compete with Walmart. Um, and they do that because so they go out and they buy bulk and they discount it. And the only reason they can have such low prices is because they have to sell 100 units a day um, to make 20 cents in profit if, if they have a product. I used to have this all written out. So if they, have, if they buy a product for $1, Walmart mm -hmm. beats the competition because they sell it in store for $119. Mm -hmm. So they make 20 cents in profit. You can't run a business off of 20 cents in profit. So they have to sell like a thousand units in order to pay the wage of one employee of mm -hmm. one product you know how many products walmart has <laughs> just a couple <laughs> just like millions <laughs> millions of products so think think of that so for each individual product they have to sell over two thousand units a day to pay the wage mm -hmm. of one employee okay and the only reason they can do that is because they have distribution centers all across the United States. So they don't have to sell a thousand units from one store. They only have to sell a thousand units across 1000 stores a day. Okay. And they, they can make it happen because they have a distribution channel and a name. They are famous. <laughs> they, they are known for their discounted prices and amazingness and all of this jazz. Whereas Louis Vuitton over here, Louis Vuitton mm -hmm. makes a bag. We're just gonna use purses as the example right now. They make a bag. Let's say that bag costs $80 to make. Mm -hmm. Louis Vuitton, Hank, stop tearing, Hank. He's tearing up his own little blanket. Louis Vuitton 
makes this bag for $80. That's the labor and the materials that goes into making this bag. Louis Vuitton sells that bag for five grand. And they only make 50 bags. 50 bags. That's it. Only 50 people get these bags out of the year. But they target and, you know, the average person would be like, who the hell would want to buy a purse for $5,000? They only need to find 50 people that are willing to pay $5,000 for a purse that only they will have. Nobody else is going to have that purse except for them. And the profit margin off of that is $4,200. So they can pay the salary of one employee by selling one item. Yeah. That's all they need to do. Sell one item and they've paid a wage for a month. Yeah. Sell 50 of them, they pay the wage of 50 people in one month. Like, yeah. I don't know about you, Angel, but selling 50 bags at five grand sounds like a hell of a lot less work than selling 1,000 items of one item times 1,000. Yeah. That's a heck of a lot less. Sure. And the the difference between the two is branding. Walmart is a free-for-all. That's why the crazy people go there. That's why, that's why like, there's Walmart memes all over the internet yep. of the type of people that are in Walmart. Yep. You don't see a single one of those people in Louis Vuitton. Not a single one. I guarantee you, everybody that walks into Louis Vuitton looks the exact same. I guarantee you... They all have fucking leather mini skirts and their fancy, beautiful, like, snake skin or crocodile skin pumps with their, like, sheer black tights and their Cosmo sunglasses, like, with their hair all swept up in a bun. Or it's the husband in his beautiful suit with his little cufflinks, French cufflinks, because I watched Jerry Seinfeld last night. Um <laughs> but, You know, like, there's a very specific person who has the ability... Mm-hmm to pay $5,000 for a purse. Are you going to talk to a person who walks into Louis Vuitton the same way you're going to talk to somebody who walks into Walmart? No. Why not? Because they're very different. They are very different. Do you? So (laughs) that's the power of branding. Mm -hmm. It's magic. Okay. Walmart would sell the exact same purse. It could look the exact same as Louis Vuitton. It cost them $80. They'd sell it at $82. Yeah. And they would, it would just be a generic purse instead of a Louis Vuitton purse. Like, and there'd be 8,000 of them. Yeah. I mean, I much rather get one $10,000 check a month than try and get a $100 check every single day. That's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people you got to talk to. And if you're one of those people who believes logos, how on earth are you going to make $10,000 selling a logo on your bike for $50 or $75? Take take a second to think about that. Maybe an ambulance if you buy that and you <laughs> so I feel like that's something a lot of people miss. I don't understand this logic of like, I'm going to sell a sticker on my bike for $50. It's like, well, you might as well give it away for free. I don't get it. Yeah, it's almost got yeah. more value if you give it away for free than it does at $50. Yeah. It's just, 
bananas to me. Like, be extremely selective about the people you let work with you because then it's like an exclusive club. It's, yeah. it's That is its own branding in and of itself. There's so many different tiers to personal branding. So, like, I'm my own brand. Another really great example of personal branding is Taylor Swift is her own brand. I don't care if you like her or not. Taylor Swift is a fucking force. She shows up at a football game and the entire world knows about the statistics of that specific football game. That's the power of personal branding. But the other half of personal branding is if Taylor Swift worked with generic bags, she would never get a Louis Vuitton deal. Never. Or a Nike deal. Or I don't actually know what deals she has because I don't really care. But it's just an example. You know, if she worked with Walmart, there's no way she'd be getting luxury brand deals at millions of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. That's another tier of personal branding is who you let work with you defines your brand and the amount you can charge from here on forward. So if you're signing up for sponsorships through Hook It, you're not going to get paid. Period end of conversation. It's not going to happen. Contingency doesn't count. Contingency is not sponsorship. If you win a race and get paid for that, that is not. Nope. Doesn't count. <laughs> That's just, I'm going to light it on fire. That's it. I'm, I'm blowing up the sponsorship world. <laughs> Stop saying sponsorship. That's the name of my book, by the way. It's called Don't Say Sponsorship. So, or sponsorship secrets. I haven't figured it out. You should probably comment and let me know which one is better. But I like don't say sponsorship. So I like don't say sponsorship. Because I'm going to light the fucking motorsports industry on fire. Everybody's going to freak out. They're like, that's not sponsorship. And I'm going to go, I know it's not sponsorship because sponsorship is dead. You guys are fools <laughs> for thinking that sponsorship is still alive. That was a little extreme. But it's, it's true. If you're... <laughs> There's a saying out there that says insanity is trying the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. And um, yep. I've been pushing a lot of content out that's been saying, and I think we talked about this on the last episode too, that's like, why are you paying for racer resumes? Why are you so hyper fixated on social media? Why are you so fixated on podium results when you look around and see that nobody in the industry is being paid for any of those things, except for Cody Webb, Graham Jarvis, Tristan Hart. And I dare you to look up their numbers and ask yourself, mm -hmm. hmm, is that a livable wage? Because it's barely, barely considered a livable wage sometimes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's only like, Four out of the 10 pros in the world actually make enough money to do what they want to do. Otherwise, they have to do side jobs. They have to do bonuses. They, like, depend on contingency. And that's where all of this stress mm -hmm. and buildup comes from of, like, I've got to do so well in my races. It's like, that's not sustainable. That's toxic and awful. Um, mm -hmm. You should never truly, because then it takes all the fun out of it. Then it's a job. You should never truly be so concerned about your race results being the dependency of how you're going to pay for your food next month. That's mm -hmm. absurd. Absurd. And that's why I tell racers that we need to start a program that makes its own money. And then sponsors pay you to plug them into your program. So it's like double income. Mm -hmm. It's so important. 
And that's what I teach. That's how you build activations. You need to have a program in order to build activations. You cannot build activations without a program. You just can't. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's so, so, so important to stop trying to do what everybody else is doing because it's not working. And if you truly think that I'm wrong, you are wrong. <laughs> you are living in insanity. Yeah. That's that's where I'm going to end it, I think. I've finished my rant. I've set the sponsorship world on fire, <laughs> I'm sure. That's good, though. I think that's very important to set up, especially for the, the conversation that we had with Brian. A lot of those words, I was kind of like, okay, I kind of have an idea of what he's talking about. But, like, some of them I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, like uh, context clues, so I kind of understood, but it's nice to have it all like laid out and like really understand it to like be able to go back and like, you know, re-listen to what we talked about. And it's probably going to make a lot more sense now. So I'm really glad you did this. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I meant to do it before we had that conversation, but it just didn't happen. There was more important topics of conversation that came up. So, yeah. whoops. But Cool. All right. Oh, shoot. It's my turn for a dad joke. Dang it. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you just don't have like this Rolodex of dad jokes now. Like. She's looking. She's Googling. She's yep. Googling dad jokes right now. <laughs> Did you know that the first French fries weren't actually cooked in France? They were cooked in Greece. Oh <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's bad. All right. Uh, yeah. On that note. That's so stupid. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everybody. I hope you understand things a lot better now. Um, until that last little bit, in which case I'm pretty sure we all lost brain cells. So. <laughs> yeah uh until next time stay tuned for next week for the interview with the chief marketing officer of shareco and everybody stay tuned if you're not already subscribed to the email newsletter you probably should be because i'm only sending out the free book to people that are on the newsletter so if you're not i will actually here's what's going to happen i'm going to put the link um in the description and that link is going to go to the link in bio that's on my instagram so if you're following me on instagram you can go through that otherwise i'll just put the link down here um and that will have a button to sign up for the newsletter so that you can get the free book when it gets published angel and i are going to review it after we're done with this this podcast recording and then um and then just below that is the seven dollar sponsorship course button so that's pretty cool um yeah and that's that Woohoo! all right have a good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or whatever time it is and that you're listening to this. 
Yeah, and good night. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.